0: AM 1280, The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. 20 years of intelligent talk.
1: Bob Agnew in Washington. Twitter has hidden a post on the account of Iran's Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei on the coronavirus vaccine conspiracy theory. The tweet came from the account of Khamenei, who has a final say on all matters of state in Iran, claiming that COVID-19 vaccinations imported from the U.S. or the U.K. were completely untrustworthy, of course, uh, something for which he has no evidence. On Wall Street yesterday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up by 56 points, ending the week on a strong note for the markets, despite the lackluster jobs report that came out late in the week. The Nasdaq was up by 134 points, the closing bell at 13,201 S&P 500, up by twenty points. Internationally, oil prices picked up a dollar forty one a barrel to end the week at fifty-two dollars and twenty-four cents. This is SRN News.
0: Eric Metaxas is just trying to get people thinking. So when I say that people are blind, that they're like the the German Christians, this is not to insult people, it's to say, consider the fact that you might be sleepwalking, that you might need to wake up. I just want people to know that I think that we're living through tough times and that God is is shouting and saying wake up, and good people sometimes don't wake up. The Eric Metaxas Show Overnights at 3 on AM 1280. The Patriot intelligent radio
2: whether you're listening from outside the twin cities or in am 1280 the patriot my name is brian for the weather today it's going to be cloudy with a high of 22 degrees 2021 marks our 20th year on air we're celebrating all year long with a variety of on-air features familiar voices past and present and maybe an event or two but we wouldn't want to spoil the surprise keep in touch by finding us on facebook twitter instagram and parlor thank you for another great 20 years on air and we can't wait for another 20 more the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
0: This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's
3: great to be back in Minnesota
0: today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome
3: back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, didn't G, Institutional Blue, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the show that is making talk radio great again. My name, Mitch Berg. My blog for going on 19 years, coming up in about three weeks now, Shot in the Dark. Info five days a week, bringing the truth as only I know it. <laughs> and of course, this broadcast itself just now, eight weeks away from its 17th anniversary on the air. Goodness gracious. It'd be great to be able to have our 10th anniversary party someplace out in public. By the way, before the show in 2004, there was my blog, ShotInTheDark.info, which came out in 2002. Before that, in 1997, I had not done any political media in, of any kind in some while. And I was working as a lowly technical writer at a local, let's just say, entertainment and electronics conglomerate when my network went out, as it was wont to do. And the fellow who came over to fix it introduced me to the Drudge Report. That fellow joins us here today uh, from the Minnesota House of Representatives and Lakeville, uh, Republican Representative Pat Garofalo, who, while the Drudge Report has changed much over the years, you and I have not. Pat, welcome back to the show.
4: (laughs) Hey, thanks a lot, Mitch. I appreciate you having me as a guest. It's uh, Thanks for the, the stroll down amnesia lane. It's been many years, hasn't it?
3: <laughs> it certainly has. I, I thought it couldn't be 1997, could it? Why, Why? yes, it was, long before all of this, before your political career, before my whatever I'm doing here. At any rate, you are... Uh... It was,
4: uh, if I remember right, if I remember right, not to interrupt you, but if I remember right, we were discussing, uh, it was the breaking Monica Lewinsky That's scandal. right. The, ma- the mainstream media was refusing to publish that these what was going on with the uh, uh, the, you know, the statements she had given Bill Clinton's deposition and all this stuff was in the background of the media yep and it wasn't until you know I think there was a Good couple of days there, where the Drudge Report was the only one reporting on this.
3: The Drudge and the, na- the Drudge the and the Nas- in. yeah, Drudge and National Enquirer uh, were reporting that Newsweek had spiked Jeffrey Eisenberg's story on the subject. And I remember that was the first thing I read after you introduced me to Drudge way back in was it 2017? No, 2007. No, 1997. The uh, the the Drudge's coverage of that particular. Uh, What what seems like such an innocent era in the, the annals of media spinning coverage in favor of a certain political party. So, yeah, lots of things have changed. Not so much that. But here we are. Uh, you are in the Minnesota House of Representatives, uh, representing Lakeville, as you have for quite some time now. Uh, for how many terms if are you I in can, if
4: I can interrupt you, Mitch. I apologize. I, I no longer represent Lakeville. Uh, I represent the city of Farmington, Farmington, as well as portions of rural Dakota and Goodhue County. You are of, I, was, uh, I was raised in Lakeville. That's right.
3: You are, of course, correct. And, of course, to me, anything south of Egan might as well be Iowa. So you're absolutely correct. <laughs> All right. So on to the facts that we do know for a fact. You have had a couple of years of being in the minority in the Minnesota State House of Representatives. That hasn't changed entirely after this last election here. However, we are at less of a disadvantage than we were. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the electoral landscape and how it's changed, uh, other than the obvious that we've seen here. But uh, does the, the, the new calculus in the House present us, conservatives, Republicans, with any new options as we head into this next session here?
4: Sure. And uh, just for your your listeners, I'm just going to focus on the statewide basis. And yes. State legislative races. I'm going to stay away from the federal stuff. Yep. But in Minnesota, uh, we were uh, successful. The Republicans in the Senate, thank goodness, were successful in maintaining their legislative majority. Uh, since the election, we've actually had two independent-minded, uh, conservative-ish Democrats from the Iron Range, Senator David Thomasoni and Senator Tom Bach, who used to be DFLers. They're now caucusing with the Republicans in the Senate, so that's made for a, a conservative majority over there. But it's really going to be a good check on the uh, the, the liberal Democrats and Governor Walz's more impulsive issues. In the House of Representatives, uh, going into the election, there were 74 Democrats and 59 Republicans, and Republicans picked up five seats. So now you have a much more narrow DFL majority of 70 votes to 64. And what that really means is that for those uh, those Democrats who represent rural areas and maybe have more conservative constituencies, if just three of them vote with Republicans on an issue, it gives you an opportunity to block something. If four of them join with Republicans, then it gives you a chance to, to pass something. And so that much more narrowly divided legislature uh, while it may not help us initiate legislation, it certainly gave us an opportunity to uh, reduce or at least minimize some of the damage we might see from the social justice warriors and the Extreme political left.
3: And let's talk a little bit about how that plays out in this upcoming session in a moment here. But let's address the I was going to say elephant in the room. It's probably more like the donkey in the room at this point. Uh, Governor Walz started yesterday to throw up what looked like a trial balloon about the good news. Maybe ending emergency power, the bad news ending it by making it permanent in the state of Minnesota. Uh, did, did you see what, what did you what did you think about the announcement? I've got my own two cents worth, but I want to hear yours first, Pat Garofalo.
5: Well,
4: I mean, I certainly appreciate uh, the effort. But from my perspective, I don't view traditional lawmaking. I don't view. Uh, a restoration of our personal freedoms and individual liberties as somehow being conditional on some sort of action from government right um the the reality is is that uh the emergency power statute that's in minnesota law is meant for a very short-term temporary crisis it's not meant as a long-term solution for a bad problem and uh, we actually define an emergency in statute. And it was never intended for this. Uh, I believe the courts are in error in having not uh, reined in or ended the governor's emergency powers. And so um, the idea that the legislature somehow needs to uh, give the governor more authority in an effort to rescind his authority, in, in my opinion, is just quite foolish.
3: So uh, my two cents are is the, the governor sees that he is three votes away from having the House override his emergency powers which was a pretty safe majority uh so far in the pandemic here and he is trying to find a a way to look like he's taking the high road on this here uh, are you seeing the governor actually trying to get out of the way of what might be a hostile majority vote uh, coming at him here or am i being a little too pollyanna-ish
4: here pat garofalo well it certainly is uh it certainly is a possibility mitch uh, what I would say is that the governor recognizes that now with the success of Operation Warp Speed and the um, and the distribution of vaccines, um, you combine that with the fact that our natural climate here, you know, come springtime is going to get warmer and things are going to heat up. People are going to spend more time outside. You're going to see less pressure and less threats on the things that justify uh, his emergency powers. And so I think what he's really trying to do is buy himself some time here because in all candor, uh, as these vaccines get distributed, whether it's the Pfizer ones or the Moderna ones, um, as those vaccines get distributed, it is going to significantly reduce any rationale for keeping this. uh, Come March when things warm up and people go outside, you're going to see a natural decline in healthcare usage. And um, I think he's kind of trying to he's trying to buy himself some time until that point. Uh, he's trying to avoid you know this is this is not a this is no longer a public health issue this is not about uh, making sure that our health care system is maintained he's got a political issue he's trying to manage and he wants to save himself the embarrassment of having those powers stripped away from him by a by a bipartisan majority.
3: Now let's. Uh, I was originally uh, impelled to invite you on the broadcast because of, because of a tweet you made this past week, and I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to go by a very imperfect memory, but you essentially said, and I'll paraphrase you as close I can here, that uh, basically we the the, uh, the legislature is queuing up to try and sap uh, even more freedoms. Than the governor already has by his state of emergency and much more on that to come here. And it's time. And there are means by which we the people can start fighting back on that here. I hope I have not misapprehended you on that here. But we do have a Democrat majority that's gotten smaller. But it's fair to say more extreme. I mean, when when Tim Mahoney has to leave politics because he's too far to the center and he's replaced by John all down Thompson, you're knowing you're dealing with a Democratic Party that uh, is, is certainly not your grandfather's, not Hubert Humphrey's Democratic Party here. You mentioned the social justice warriors, sight uh, crosshairs they've put on our freedoms out there. Describe, if you will, what the current legislative majority has its sights on in terms of the freedoms we currently uh, cherish here in Minnesota.
4: Well, I think for, for your listeners and for you, the best example of this is actually a taxpayer-funded ad that was run uh, regarding COVID awareness. And just to be clear, I'm, I'm not a COVID denier. I don't want people to misinterpret my comments. Uh, COVID is very serious. Yep. Uh, clearly, we've had many more people die, uh, and there's always this threat of a collapse of our health care system. I'm not, I'm not minimizing it. Nope. But you saw this sort of messaging begin that somehow – we can never go back to normal, uh, that this is somehow COVID has created a new world where we're going to have to accept limitations on our freedom and freedoms, our personal liberties, that we're going to have to accept greater government involvement. And I'll just tell you, Max, that's a, that's a load of crap, and that's totally unnecessary. And in 2021, our primary focus is on getting Minnesotans back to normal, whether it's small business owners uh, being open as they should whether it's opening schools and getting their kids back, you know, back into the classrooms, having these decisions, you know, instead of the government compelling behaviors out of us, having us make um, personal choices. Uh, And the idea that somehow we would put in statute a mandate requiring people to wear masks, even when the threat of COVID has disappeared, is just delusional. So, you know, going forward, it's really going to be a perspective and a strategy of restoring our personal freedoms. That's what it's all about, and that's in all cases, how we administer elections, how kids go to schools, how we shop, uh, individual bars, restaurants, and stores. If they want to put in place more restrictions, that's entirely their choice. But this does not need to be done with the, uh, the heavy hand of government compelling and forcing people under the threat of financial penalty uh, to do these things.
3: This is the status quo we face right now. Let's talk about the other coda to the tweet that brought this whole segment on here, what we do here, what we, the people, you, the legislature, and we, the people that sent you to office, can do about this. I'll see your calls and questions, 651-289-4488, with questions for Representative Pat Garofalo on the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot.
0: Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Warning, warning, warning. Once you taste
6: the Rack Shacks Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson,
0: General Manager of AM 1280 The Patriot. And we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue.
1: and cyberspace and i'm
6: proud to be a member and i'm
1: proud to serve in the united and States. i am
0: proud to protect our country
6: Proud to serve in the u.s air force reserve
1: afreserve.com i appeal to you to fight i fully recognize
0: not everyone has a fighting nature but everyone can help fighters what's wrong is not to do either if the troops have no supplies the troops are worthless this station is a fighter so there's a very simple way for you to help the station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. The right to the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com.
3: AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, don't forget, join us and hundreds of thousands of other bright conservative voices going to Parlor, the new free speech-centered social media platform. Oh, it's going to be there. might be harder to find, but it will be. There. sign in, search for AM 1280, The Patriot, or Mitchell P. Berg, and echo our trending topics and news stories. We'll see you on the site where, once you get there, you will not be silenced. 651-289-4488 the number to call if you want to uh, discuss the events of the day, including uh, the brand new legislative session just started this past week with Representative Pat Garofalo of Farmington. Let's uh, go to the phones in Maplewood. Matt, you are on the line with Pat Garofalo. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Uh, Representative Garofalo, I just had a question. Uh, Can we change, uh, has it been put forward
4: to change the law, the Emergency Powers Act law, so that rather than the default position of the uh, emergency powers being extended if they're not terminated, basically change
0: the default posture so that the uh, emergency powers expire at the end of the term. I think that would be
4: a simple change that would be a significant change, and it would prevent these abuses because if we had actual emergencies, obviously the the legislature as a whole would would, uh, vote to extend the emergency powers, but on things like this, Uh, Thankfully, you know, they would probably terminate. So I just had a question on that, if that would be something that could be put forward.
3: Representative Garofalo, there have been groups that have taken uh, curbing emergency powers into their own hands in recent years. Five years ago, the gun rights movement uh, forced closed the governor from confiscating firearms during states of emergency. Are there any broader measures that we can take as far as ensuring a little bit of compliance with freedom on the part of of the next governor we have to deal with?
4: Yeah, well, first of all, the questioner asked a very smart smart question, and that is that we are having a multi-pronged approach. Number one is we want to end the current powers as they exist. Um, But just getting rid of those powers doesn't solve our long-term permanent problem of a potential abuse of these things. So there's a couple of different avenues. The one the caller mentioned is one of them, that it would require, after a certain time frame, the affirmative consent of the legislature to do it. Uh, That's something that they do in the state of Washington. Uh, In another state where they require the legislature to actually take action, that the lack of action results in the emergency powers lapsing, that's one option. Another is that to provide more more of an option for a legislative veto. So, for example, right now, all we have is the choice of all or nothing. Either we take away everything the governor's done or we leave it all stand. Well, the reality is there are some things we do want to be doing through traditional lawmaking, And so maybe giving the legislature the authority to remove specific uh, emergency orders, uh, that's another option that's out there. But at the end of the day, the focus right now is on really ending these emergency powers. Uh, That's the short-term issue. Long-term, as the caller mentioned, is reigning in that authority so that we have a more uh, balanced approach that that recognizes the separation of powers in our state.
3: Let's go to South Minneapolis. Jerry, welcome to the Northern Alliance. You are on the line with Pat Garofalo. Thank you,
4: fellas. Uh,
1: Pat, one question, uh, are you as a Republican in lockstep with us Second Amendment folks that absolutely positively want the chance of that red flag law to be uh, no, we want no red flag law and we expect all Republican representatives and uh, local and state to keep a uh, us away from the red flag law so are you aware of it, on, on, and are your colleagues in lockstep with that wish? Jerry, Go
3: I'm going to jump ahead of Representative Garofalo and say, in the last 17 years I've spent following gun rights legislation in Minnesota, I'm aware of one senator who signaled potentially a vote against a straight-line gun rights approach in the last 17 years. Other than that, I have never seen a caucus in such lockstep on an issue as I've seen the Minnesota GOP on gun rights. Uh, despite what some AstroTurf groups may be suggesting. Representative Garofalo, your point of view on that?
4: Well, first of all, I want to thank the caller um, because, you know, there is, as you mentioned, there's a lot of misinformation on social media that somehow um, Second Amendment advocates can't trust their current legislators. The reality is that there is a pro-gun majority in both the House representatives and the Democrats, the, uh, in House representatives and the Senate. Um, there are Democrats out there who are authentic Second Amendment supporters. Now, they do exist. I know it doesn't seem like it, but this is an issue that goes beyond partisanship. And for, for those uh, listeners who don't know what the red flag law is, uh, the so-called red flag law, this is a proposal that would basically allow a person to have um, their guns taken away uh, without a judicial finding, that there could be a presumption of taking away uh, a person's Second Amendment rights, taking away their weapons uh, without that judicial finding. That's just totally wrong. And just to be clear, none of a, there, there is no group that's in favor of crazy people having guns. Yep. right? We, we're all in favor of that. But you have access to due process. You have uh, law enforcement currently has the tools for those situations where someone is uh, – you know, gone berserk or gone bonkers. That there's a, everyone has their day in court, but uh, I don't think you're going to see any I mean, the bills will be introduced. But this session, uh, conservative Democrats in conjunction with Republicans. Are going to be shooting down, no pun intended, but shooting down any potential anti Second Amendment legislation. There's the fact that there are pro gun majorities in both chambers, uh, votes very well for our rights uh, over the next two years. You,
3: you get outside the metro, and uh, gun control legislation lasts about as long as the last bag of Cheetos at a fish concert. I mean, let's be honest, and that's the way it's going to stay for a while. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. Okay. Well, let's talk about... Okay, nice. we, Well done, Mitch. Thank well you very done, much. much. That's why reason. I make the big bucks doing this. Anyway, <laughs> Representative Greffel. Not that I want to get sidetracked on this too much, but we we know that uh, universal gun registration and red flag confiscation laws are probably DOA, not that uh, the, the House leadership isn't going to take their best shot to get them on the books somehow. But we have a couple pro-gun measures that I'm told are uh, have at least been submitted. Constitutional carry... Uh, uh, is one and another one to clean up some of the messes that some of our <clears throat> metro counties have uh, inflicted on the law-abiding gun owner in terms of hamstringing res- uh, applications for uh, carry permits. Uh, are those facing just as tough a road to hoe in a Democrat-controlled House as uh, the as as the DFL's bills are going to face against a pro-gun majority in both uh, chambers, Pat Garofalo?
4: Well, I would say that, first of all, I support the measures that you you listed. But the reality is, right now, the legislature and the House of Representatives, at least, we're not even meeting in person. Everything is being done remotely. So any policy, whether it's conservative or progressive, uh, whether it's right or wrong, there's just not going to be a lot of movement on a lot of policy in general this year. Our job is to balance the budget. Uh, with the budget deficit that we're facing, we need to rein in spending. Uh, we get the economy rebooted again here, um, and there's going to be just the, the huge amount of oxygen being sucked out by the governor running the state through these emergency uh, lawmaking procedures. Is just, you know, it's just really um, constricting the ability of the legislature to do anything. And if we just if we just stay focused on spending and reducing spending and having the government limit its size and scope. You know, I'm okay with delaying those policy fights until later. But what I don't want to see happen is have Republicans accidentally making the case for these uh, large omnibus bills, these large bills where you have complex appropriations and then other policy gets added to it. Let's get back to the intent of a single-subject clause. It's something that both sides have abused, but we really, if we're going to have accountability in government, we need to get back to that single-subject clause and stop having policy attached to budget bills. I certainly understand why people want to use that tool to to get some things enacted, but we really need to get back on track with that. And for that reason, I would say that any policy, either good or bad is going to be, it's very unlikely it'll be moving forward.
3: So, Pat Garofalo, in the two and a, roughly two minutes we have remaining in this segment, we, we there is a battle for an awful lot of freedoms, not at the top of the list, uh, clawing back what we've lost to the governor's uh, grab of emergency powers. We you know what your job is. Most of our listeners know what your job is. What we need to know is what's the listener's job. How can people listening to this station help move the needle in the right direction when it comes to freedom in the Minnesota state legislature, especially given the situation we have in the House right now, Packer Offalo.
4: That's a perfect question, Mitch. And the first thing people need to do, and I may I know this may sound unusual, but I would encourage every one of your listeners to get Netflix if they have Netflix go out and watch this or subscribe for a free subscription for 30 days and then drop it, there is a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And that document, that that um, show lays out crystal clear the damage that social media companies are doing misleading people and misleading our nation. And it's important to, you know, because more often than not one of the things I hear so common right now is they say, Pat, you know, I get so much of this stuff on social media, I can't even tell what's true and what's fake anymore. Yep. So it's the first thing people need to do is watch the social dilemma so they learn how to be able to understand when they're being misled and having uh, separating good data from uh, the fake news and the false data. But the most important thing beyond that is that legis- um, citizens need to build a relationship with their existing state legislator, uh, their state House member, their state Senate member. doesn't matter if they're Republican or Democrat in a respectful and dignified way, uh, communicate to them uh, what your concerns and opinions are and solicit their input uh, you know, in person meetings, if possible, but build that relationship. So you're able to rec- you can communicate to them the issues that are important to you. And if you find a legislator who is supportive of your causes, uh, make sure that you thank them for that. And you, you give them positive confirmation of that. Uh, if you find a legislator who is not responsive and is voting in a different way, then organize your friends, your neighbors, and make sure that, they, uh, that they're held accountable for their voting record and their positions.
3: I'm going to have to stick with the friends and neighbors thing since my representative is your, your friend and colleague, Irina Moran. Anyway, I'll do the best I can, Pat. I swear to God. <laughs> anyway, Pat Garofalo, as always, it's been a pleasure. Best of luck down there. Let's do this again soon. Thanks for your time.
4: Thanks much. really appreciate
3: it. Thank you very much. Pat Garofalo, of course, represents Farmington and uh, the Far South Metro in the Minnesota House of Representatives. And uh, what he said about some of the misrepresentations of Republican uh, efforts in the House and Senate, in the legislature uh, overall this past uh, couple of years, uh, they have been solid on freedom in the vast majority of issues. Much more when we come back. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot.
6: You know, 86,000 Americans, just like you, lose a limb every year to untreated neuropathy. If you suffer from numbness, tingling burning or restless pain in your hands or feet, and your neuropathy is not improving. Contact Dr. Knight at Abundant Life Health Center in Chanhassen today. It's time to end your ongoing cycle of more and more medications that do nothing and almost always result in unwanted surgeries and possible amputations. Get your life back today. Abundant Life Health Center has helped hundreds of patients reverse their neuropathy. In fact, they have a 95% success rate of patients seeing improvements in their pain and symptoms in the first 90 days. If you're ready to regain your independence, contact Dr. Knight at Abundant Life Health Center in Chanhassen. As a Patriot listener, you receive a special $49 Get Acquainted offer. That's a $250 value for just $49. Neuropathy doesn't wait around. You shouldn't either. Call 952 383 8338 to schedule a full neuropathy workup with Dr. Knight. We're here with another satisfied JTR roofing customer.
1: What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors, and our storm doors replaced.
6: Why did you choose JTR Roofing?
1: After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that they were offering as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR.
6: What did you think of the work JTR
1: did? The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR.
2: Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com.
0: This is a potter's field. (laughs) When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits. No one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses. We offer burial insurance plans that pay up to $30,000. Considering the average funeral costs more than $10,000, that's peace of mind for your family. There are no medical exams, your rates won't increase, and your policy cannot be canceled as long as you make your premium payments. Call now to get approved in minutes and ensure your final resting place is more than just a pauper's grave in a potter's field. 800-323-8137. 800-323-8137. 800-323-8137. That's 800-323-8137. Paid for by Final Expense Direct.
3: AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. See if you got questions, comments, or anything, it's what we're here for. 651-289-4488. Hey, don't forget, if your child is just not that thrilled about school or lagging behind all of that last-minute changes in distance learning, fall to roll due to COVID, it's not too late to get them caught up and watch them thrive within a private Christian school here in the Twin Cities. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com today to see a list of our partner schools and save half off your first year of enrollment for a new student. For the nearly a decade, we've helped over 150 families save money and find the absolute best education for their children. TwinCitiesTuitions.com My name is Mitch Berg. My blog is ShotInTheDark.info. By the way... I've said this before. I'll say it one more time. Uh, As this show started during the glory days of conservative blogging, where the Twin Cities had, among its number some of the finest conservative blogs and easily far and away the best conservative blog scene in the Twin in, in America, period. Back in 2005, 2006, we would hold Minnesota Organization of Bloggers Parties that drew 120, 150 people. To Keegan's Irish Pub in in Northeast Minneapolis. Well, the mob is has gone. Blogging is somewhat passe. The mob is is still something of a memory for for a lot of us. We have more or less get-togethers every once in a while. Uh, Keegan's, unfortunately, is gone, a casualty of COVID on our ham-fisted state government. But uh, I will say, the blog that brought me here, Shot in the Dark, carries on, and I, I'm I'm happy to say. I made the right call uh ten years ago when all my conservative friends started leaving blogging to uh because Facebook was so much easier and well who 's laughing now here folks nobody's laughing here folks it 's just that I have a social media that let's be as some have said, yeah, Google will find a way to take all of you down too. Uh, Like they are doing currently with conservatives on Twitter and conservatives on Facebook and the entire existence or at least accessibility online of the Parler platform. That's all news that came out yesterday. Uh, Donald Trump's Twitter account has been vanquished for good. Uh, from the sound of it, a permanent bar. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook have uh, put the clamps down on a lot of conservative mainstream thought, as well as some of the more radical uh, types that are out there with a the definition of radical being, let's shall we say, fungible put it this way, if they get to the point where I, on my little maw and pa server farm, somewhere on the sou- in the southern mid-Atlantic seaboard, uh, get shut down by big tech, things will have deteriorated to a point where breaking up the republic, seceding, rebooting the American experiment from scratch will be a very valid option. To which I add, we have the ability to to follow on to my first hour's topic, how America fell from what had been perhaps one of its highest points ever 20, 25 years ago to where it is today uh, as a still a world leader, but a place whose political life has gotten so toxic, it's hard to know even where to start trying to rebuild things. There are those on both sides and they come out every four years. Who talk with a straight face about the notion of breaking up America into one or more different countries? And by the way, people on the left like to say, "Yeah, well, we'll we'll prevail, we'll we'll prosper, we'll survive, and red America will be a pauper state within years." Uh, I suspect the economics will change that right quickly since most of coastal America lives by moving numbers around as opposed to producing things. And when they have to start paying import prices for everything they consume, drive, uh, work with, market, eh, you'll, you'll see that they're uh, – that between that and – the fact that they've inherited some social ills of their own making, they're going to require an awful lot of industrial brawn to fix. Uh, will take some of the wind out of those sails here. But I just point this out to people who suggest secession, uh, rebooting, breaking up of, the, of American society. We have the ability to do that. in Baked into our Constitution. It's, it's called federalism. It's called checks and balances. It's called distributing power. Evenly and in some cases unequally and yet with inequalities that cancel each other out up and down the governmental food chain and the non-governmental food chain, for that matter, splitting powers between the executive, legislative and judicial branches at state, federal, municipal, county, township levels and reserving powers to the people above and beyond what the government has. And making it certain that the gridlock between them makes it impossible for anyone to destroy anyone's freedom. What we're seeing now, by the way, is a symptom of the federal government having too much power. I direct you back to the situation of 100 years ago, about this time 100 years ago, when Calvin Coolidge was taking power. uh, To the head of a government that had seized a lot of power in the previous decade, which he set forth to divest it of along with the budget and the taxation that went with it over the course of his years in office perhaps the most no definitely the most underrated president in history following directly on certainly the most overrated and perhaps evil president in american history that would be woodrow wilson the father of modern progressivism by the way I started off with a first hour that could be called fairly, uh, with all fairness, a little angry and perhaps a little bit downcast. Suffice to say, I am not. Now is the time, as grim as things look nationwide, now is the time for actual patriots to rally and yeah, I know, we've been saying this as long as this show's been on the air. Not only is every election the most important you've ever faced, but it's always the time to rally. And yeah, I get the burnout. Truly, I do. But we are in, as, as a society, pretty much the same situation that uh, the United Kingdom was in about this time 80 years ago, facing a full-court press from fascism right across the English Channel. Uh, not not much more than 80 years ago, 80 years ago this summer, in fact, where one of the titans, one of the palimpsests of Western civilization, Winston Churchill, rallied at people who had ample reason to be downcast and who, by the way, had ample reason to think 1940 was even a worse year than than 2020. Believe it or not. And as England was being bombed into piles of smoking brick, still managed to rally the British people to not just resist but prevail. We don't face that bad of a situation. Oh, yeah, I mean, the federal situation looks grim. It looks dire. More grim and dire than it did 12 years ago when the Democrats had exactly the same majority, the Senate, the House at the federal level, and the presidency. Yeah, I mean, it is grim and dire today. It truly is at the federal level, we're in a better state now than we were 10 years ago at the state level, including here in Minnesota, by the way, believe it or don't, but you should believe it. Uh, The Democrats that we have in control today are going to try and overreach on a titanic level, and that may be our salvation. Like... Hitler driving for Stalingrad to capture the oil before he captured Moscow. The Democrats are going to overreach. And if we keep our eye on the ball, we can turn that into a victory in the midterms in 2022 that makes 1994 look like a spring breeze in comparison. That is what is out there. We have to get the Republican Party back under control. And that will be a subject for coming weeks. But I am no ways weary, and I am no ways tired, and a true conservative never quits. Yeah, never quit. Brighter days can be ahead of us. It is truly up to us, each and every one. Let's go to Stillwater. Bill, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go right ahead. Hey, Mitch. Thanks for taking the call. I appreciate it. You bet. You were on the air. Go right ahead.
4: Uh so. You know, unlike 12 years ago, I, I truly believe that this election was stolen. I think there's enough evidence out there to show that. And I think people did show that in big, big numbers to give the Republicans a victory in this past election. Yep. So, what's a, what's your take on how to go forward? What do we do when your votes being nullified?
3: Uh, what we can do for starters is keep something in mind here. The vote was nullified on the to the extent that it was nullified. And by the way. I am going to agree with some of my friends who say that, yeah, we, there, are, there is evidence, massive evidence of fraud out there, but if you can't bring it to court in a form that will convince a judge and potentially a jury someday, it's wind in sails, uh, which means, by the way, partly doesn't mean there was no fraud. It just means that the laws are written in such a way as to make it impossible to prove it, which is, by the way, the case we have in Minnesota here, Whereas I pointed out before, I didn't know is a legitimate defense for most types of voting fraud, uh, unless you have parole papers you signed acknowledging you have no right to vote. If you vote twice and you get picked up for it, first of all, your votes will still count, both of them. Second of all, saying, I didn't know I couldn't vote at my new address and my old address, and you'll walk. That's the way the law is written in the state. So how do we respond to that situation, that, that ghastly situation where I'll point this out to you. Uh, The fraud, the most damaging fraud of all, like Minnesota election laws, as they are written today, was perfectly legal. You can't call it illegal because it was passed in many cases by a legislature. Or in other cases, by legislatures working outside of the Constitution, very correctly. uh, You can say that. Some of the mail in voting laws walked all over the legislative process in, in setting themselves up. So, was it fraud in the sense of being something that's criminally actionable in its own right? Probably not. Uh, In many cases. I'd certainly love to see someone bring a proper case. Was it a symptom of an electoral system that has been debased at the legislative, and judicial level? Yeah. We need to win elections. We need to change laws. It ain't easy. It's not a kraken we can bring in and change everything with a sweep of our hands. But it's what we got to do. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot.
2: Is your pressure washer weak? Does your hose leak? Is
6: your water not steamy hot? Do you want to lower your cleaning time and get better results? Discover how American Pressure can help you. From our staff of application experts to our large
0: parts inventory, huge showroom, and factory-trained service technicians. Call us today at 763-521-4442.
2: Our culture continues to struggle to find its footing. Heritage Christian Academy's footing remains secure. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of all we do. Come see how a Bible-based academic education can support the values and teaching of your Christian home. Plan to attend Prospective Family Information Night on January 12th at 7 p.m. Staff will be on hand to provide information, answer questions, and conduct tours in a safe, no-contact environment. Space is limited. RSVP by visiting heritageweb.org. That's heritageweb.org.
0: The spread of COVID-19 is still unchecked across the nation, and you need to keep your family safe. Make a new habit and check your temperatures twice a day, once before dinner and before leaving home in the morning. You can't afford to take chances, so use the Exogen Temporal Scanner. Its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies, and it takes an accurate reading in seconds. It's the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Quick and easy to use, you can count on Exogen to keep your family safe 24 hours a day. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Get that. Rock Shack Attack. Rock Shack Barbecue. With the vast majority of media today leaning hard left, it can be tricky to find news that actually shares, let alone defends, a conservative viewpoint. Hotair.com provides analysis and commentary from conservative writers like Ed Morrissey. Hotair.com AM
3: 1280 The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Don't forget Brad Carlson coming up at uh, 1 o'clock tomorrow here at AM 1280 The Patriot. King Banyan, Saturday mornings 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. And don't forget, next month, four weeks from today, one of the highlights of our broadcast year, that's right, Holes for Heroes, Brad and I and a cast of several, out on Medicine Lake, you get a chance to meet Miss Minnesota, it's your chance to meet Greg Scott, it's your chance to, well, be seen and be seen, out on the ice. 651-289-4488, four, four, eight, eight. final segment of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. By the way, it's hard to say that there have been some uh, upsides of the COVID pandemic, but I'll give you one right here. May much, much uh, be much to hope that it's a permanent thing, but America's celebrity culture has sure taken a face punch uh, from COVID-19. It's been let's just say an encouraging year on the front of of dethroning celebrities as social influencers. By the way, I posted this past week a uh, shot in the dark a done I done found a post entitled Hidden Blessing. Uh just a reminder of how vapid our celebrity culture was early on in the pandemic. A bunch of celebrities singing one of the most wretched songs in the history of Western music, imagined by John Lennon, uh, a, a paean to atheism and socialism, uh, a bunch of uh, anyway. The, the song, terrible song to begin with, going back fifty odd years now. And sorry, John Lennon fans, uh, come at me on that one here. I, I'm I'm here for you. Uh, but a bunch of vapid celebrities in their multi-million dollar houses singing about uh, imagining a better world, while they sit in houses locked down in the sorts of houses, gardens, yards, swimming pools that the vast majority of us don't even visit in our lifetimes. And celebrity culture has been taking some very justified hits, and it's just glorious. One of the less- let's just call it that was the good news here's the bad news our media just keeps on chugging along times change politics swing from left to right and back and forth all over the place perceptions go from one extreme to the other but one of the things you can always count on always like black and white being different like like there's always being two gender oh never mind if there's one thing you can always count on is that if there's a totalitarian somewhere Anywhere at all, the New York Times will be giving them a French kiss in public. Tweet that came out this past week. China now resembles what normal was like in the pre-pandemic world. The country reported fewer than 100,000 coronavirus infections for all of 2020. Well, isn't that special? (laughs) Uh, And and by the way, uh, they also read a piece this past week. Uh, Actually, uh, they didn't run it themselves. But Twitter, in the middle of stifling conservative opinion, uh, posted a a piece by basically a, a PR firm for the Communist Party of China. Talking about how. The repression of the Uyghurs, the Muslim majority in the far western part of, of China, uh, which has been one of the most ghastly human rights crimes since the Rwanda genocide of 20-odd years ago. Uh, spelling that out as if it was, has been a net benefit for Uyghur rights, the state of life among Uyghur minorities, and especially women's rights. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, stifling... Uh, Uyghur culture has been good for women, uh, as indeed it must be, since their menfolk are dead or rotting away in concentration camps uh, en masse. Uh, At any rate, this is the New York Times uh, doing what it does best, going back to the 1930s, where Walter Durante uh, won a Pulitzer Prize for lying wholesale about the genocide of Ukrainians in Ukraine during the induced starvation that Stalin heaped upon the Ukrainian people for not getting on board with communism fast enough. Walter Durant spent years in the New York Times writing about what a worker's paradise the Soviet Union was, knowing what was happening. And the more things change over the course of almost 90 years now, the more they stay the same. China now resembles what normal, says the New York Times, was like in the pre-pandemic world. The country reported fewer than 100,000 coronavirus infections for all of 2020, which I believe precisely as far as I can throw the New York Times building. But be that as it may, no, pay no mind to the genocide, to the cultural destruction going on behind the curtain. No, via means available only to totalitarians, they allege, to have gotten coronavirus under control, unlike big, bad, dirty Donald Trump. Oh, by the way, don't forget Fredo Cuomo and Squiggy de Blasio are doing a fantastic job of uh, dealing with the, the pandemic on their own watches. By the way, if there is a metaphor, I should have brought this up with uh, Representative Garofalo a few minutes ago, but if there is a metaphor for the state of Minnesota under Governor Klink's rule, and I use that term advisory, advi- uh, advisedly, it is the fence that lines the Capitol grounds along Constitution, along John Ireland, along University, along Cedar, basically fencing off the seat of power in what Governor Klink is pleased to call One Minnesota. Now, as Representative Graffel and I just discussed, a trial balloon has gone up in which Governor Klink has said, sure, we can start rolling back emergency powers by making them permanent because life is never going to change. But uh, let's do this without handing me a legislative defeat in the face of a much slimmer dfl majority in the house of representatives including some rural dflers who are in districts where dfl control is by no means guaranteed and yet don't forget we're one minnesota so i i have a suggestion for governor waltz i'll i'll refer to him by his actual name this time what the heck governor waltz if it is, in fact, being perceived as the governor for all of Minnesota, as you refer, as you constantly say, that, that you truly seek. I urge you to come to that chain link fence that separates the people's house from, you know, the people. Governor Walz, if you truly seek the, and I quote, transparent government to which you have paid so, so much vapid lip service over the last couple of years. I urge you to open the gate through that chain-link fence. Indeed, if I may paraphrase the remarks of an actual great American who actually unified people and the Western world, Governor Waltz, if you are serious about all of that one Minnesota prate and gabble, tear down this chain-link fence game on who's with me thanks for tuning in am 1280 the patriot god bless you all god bless america
0: skilled trade workers are the backbone of every community and also the army national guard Soldiers trained to keep the power flowing, engines
3: running, and in every other trade needed to accomplish the mission. These soldiers are on the fast track to learning skills that can set them up for success at home with companies looking to hire the best. Their resumes are being built through their paid training and part-time service. Find out how you, too, can learn a trade profession by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota
2: Broadcasters Association and this station. Hi, this is Ryan with my three quotes. As you may already know, my company is the only free service of its kind that provides you with detailed competitive quotes on window, siding, and roofing installs from multiple local contractors after just one short meeting with me. I really wanted to thank all the Patriot listeners who worked with me to improve their homes this year. Some of you have already received big name window quotes and saved thousands of dollars through my three quotes. I cannot stress enough to call me if you had a window bid that nearly gave you a heart attack. With the best pricing in the Twin Cities and zero pressure, we'll get that heart rate back to normal. For roofing, I can use satellite imaging and measurements to get you three competing quotes, whether it's storm damage or just an upgrade. Don't wait. Winter is the time to have me check it out, making sure we secure a spring installation date. Windows and siding, however, are installed all winter long, typically saving my clients even more money. So set an appointment today at GetMy3Quotes.com. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. What does it mean to be a Christian woman in today's culture? How does your faith in Jesus Christ relate to the world around you? Sometimes to have faith can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and sometimes challenging landscape. That's why you need to visit iBelieve.com. iBelieve.com is a site designed for Christian women. iBelieve.com has blogs, videos, and even daily devotionals. Whether you're looking for advice, ideas for your church group, or just an uplifting message, visit iBelieve.com. That's iBelieve.com.